So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast where we pay a lot of money for Usain Bolt to do his signature move, and then he doesn't. But he did. Not at the start of the race. He did it on the podium the with press the conference, The press release said at 13 hours, 59 minutes and 30 seconds, Usain Bolt will do his signature move. <laughs> and what he actually did was wave a flag, look terrified and <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that reads everything from index cards and has clearly not rehearsed. I know that's a play on Michael Buffer, but that is pretty accurate. That is what we do. Yeah, yeah, we don't really read this. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that always cuts corners and actually gets away with it. Cuts so many corners. I don't think we've ever got away with it. Accurate. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast with added razzmatazz freedom and the American way. I took a knee. I don't know about you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Chica Ayres, and here, all the way down in London, we're going to talk about the American Grand Prix with Eagles, Penalties, Overtakes and America. Let's get ready to rumble. Introducing first in the red corner is the motormouth from Mulvern. And now the scribbling psychopath from Sussex. It's Philip T. Romans. All right. What have you been up to? Drove some cars. None of them were American. And joining him in the blue hair corner is the controversial nut from Cheltenham. The man who puts the F into F1, the C into F1, and the boot into Palmer. It's Terry the Typewriter Saunders. Right. And now, the main event of the evening, and the moment you've all been waiting for, hailing from the mean streets of wherever she's from, Winchester, weighing in at none of your business. Here's Chica, not her real name, Ez. It's the wanker from Winchester. <laughs> uh, have you ever been a waitress? I've been a waitress, The yeah. waitress from Winchester. Oh. Where did you waitress? Uh, in my mum's cafe. 
What's the cafe called? Chompers. It's Chica from Chompers, the wanker from Winchester. <laughs> Waitressing in Winchester to a bunch of wankers in Chompers. It's Chica. We'll start, as we always do, with the controversial bag of last-minute penalties that is Listener's Corner, where you shout opinions at us on social media until we're forced to listen. So let's start with a tweet from friend of the podcast, Jake Sanson, who says, Any podcast that blatantly insults podcasters when they are a podcaster isn't worth listening to, not listening to for F1's sake ever again. So, Phil, what's he on about? We appear to have started some sort of flame war. And by we, I of course mean Terry. Hi. So in last week's episode, Terry made a passing comment that I confess I didn't even think twice about that mentioned another podcast that we, or at least I, have absolutely no problem with at all. And the fact that they took things more seriously than us. I mean, that's every other I mean, yes, every podcast made. takes things more seriously than we do. But um, Mr. Sanson, who I believe runs Downforce Radio, is it? Unless he was being super ironic, in which case it went over my head, <laughs> wasn't very impressed. I would like to apologise, and I agree wholeheartedly with Jake Sanson, and I, from now on, will never be listening to Mr. Apex Podcast again. So friends with benefits of the podcast, Jack Nichols, said... Not good racing in Formula E? What planet are you on? Disgusting, blatant insult. I no longer want to be a friend with benefits of the podcast. Jack, I'm I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking. Are you sorry, Phil? Because you really hate Formula E. I mean, <laughs> off mic, you said it was full of idiocy like Coldplay. And I just think that your harsh words have been overshadowed by my legitimate slagging off of a lesser podcast. <laughs> Whereas you have annoyed someone from the institution of the BBC and they are no longer wanting to suckle on for F1's sake. <laughs> what do you have to say to that? I'm sorry, Jack. Go find um, another teat. In, in my defence, I've only watched two Formula E races. One of them was all right. I've watched 4,000 Formula 1 races, and one of them was all right. <laughs> that is a one of them was a bit boring. Now let's move on to thoughts from the US Grand Prix. Max Verstappen scored a superb podium until Mika Salo got involved and demoted him to fourth for cutting a corner. Now John Tilburg on Facebook says, Cars shouldn't be allowed to drive off the track, but they should all be treated equally. So either all or none should have been penalised. Ross Chaplin asks, why does Mika Salo hate Verstappen? Graham Fall asks, Max qualifies third, starts 18th, finishes third, classified fourth. Discuss. That was a nice bit of spicing up at the end of the race, wasn't it? It made me sick. I mean, do you see the replays? What do you think? He was totally off. I completely agree with that. He went off the track. But so did everybody else. So, but nobody else got the penalising. Exactly. Terry, you're, you're, a, you're a neutral voice when it comes to Verstappen. <laughs> it's quite simple. Max Verstappen is, as we all agree, I think, a dirty cheat <laughs> who had one lap left of the race and decided I'm going to cut a corner and get an unfair advantage to beat the great Kimi Raikkonen and rightfully got sent packing. Initially, I thought that's outrageous, it's a stupid decision. And then I saw the replay from several different angles and he is way off the track. And then I thought, on its own... Yes, that is a penalty. Mm. However, 
everybody that's saying well, what about everybody else i think has a perfectly legitimate point all weekend people were going off the track in all different places and i've seen a couple of people say yeah but only max cut the corner like, it doesn't matter if you're going off the track and carrying your speed it gives you an advantage people were doing it all the time and there were no penalties handed out and this was the only time where they were like oh no you can't do that and it kind of it's got to be there's got to be a consistency if you're gonna if you're gonna clamp it down fine clamp down on it the whole weekend don't just pick the one bit that was the most exciting bit of the race and then wreck it. So what do you think they should have done? Just ignored it? I think based on precedent of that weekend, yes, they should have ignored it. it unless, all... unless Ferrari... If, trouble is, if Ferrari had put in a penalty, which, let's face it, they probably would have done, then they would have had to have looked at it. And then looking at the radio replay, you can't not do something about it. But for them to pick up on it and just say straight away, yep, no, you're done. Then I think it's a bit out of order. In all seriousness... They do this thing where the, the the driver's briefing had this like press release that kind of goes, well, what they're doing is you can go off on turn four and six, but turn nine and 11, you can't go off. And turn 14, we haven't really thought about it yet. We'll see what happens next week. And turn seven isn't really a turn at all, so do what you like. And, uh, it is all and very it's, silly. It's ridiculous. It's like the, the, the track is... And especially with the the circuit of the Americas, it's got its stupid stars and stripes, red red runoff everywhere it's more obvious than most tracks where you're like why is that car driving over a flag i mean if anything max verstappen should be up for the for the trump voters going he has driven over our flag disrespecting <laughs> america filthy dutchy yeah is that a thing? i don't know um i mean they always say that the you should basically treat the white lines like they're a wall and I know you can't have a wall there, but maybe you could put like a really big curb. Maybe so if maybe, you do go over it, it smashes your car up. Maybe a wall. You could put. I mean, Monaco, Monaco, manage, has Monaco manages it. Mm-hmm. Monaco yeah. has walls, and that's or relatively new because back in back in the day, there was loads of runoff at Monaco. Yeah, the admittedly, river. half of it was sea. water. Yeah. It was a sea, but you know that that's, <laughs> that makes them more careful or die. <laughs> Austin was notable for a revised pre-race schedule that saw some very glitzy driver introductions. Now, reaction was mixed. Daniel Perahovsky said, what a load of bollocks their entrance bullshit was. All I kept thinking is this must surely be interrupting Kimmy's toilet time. Would only have been worth it if Hamilton and Vettel had a punch up over the trophy instead of the weird staring competition that they ended up having. That was so weird. It so, was a flashback, wasn't it, to last season? Well, they just bring them out and they make them stand. <laughs> and it, honestly, it looked like they were about to do a game of family fortunes. <laughs> they just stood there and go, okay, we asked 100 people, which one of you is likely to uh, crash into your teammate? <laughs> oh, uh-uh. it was one of those things where like, I don't mind a bit of razzmatazz in, the, in America because I think we were complaining before that they didn't have enough of it. That but was it was too far, so though. poorly executed. The guy, what's his name? Michael Buffer. Mickey Duffer was. <laughs> he was just a bit rubbish. He looked like he'd just been handed the cards written by someone else. It, it could pronounce <laughs> half the names wrong. And just some of his introductions. I mean, I know obviously he didn't write them, but some of them were just terrible. Yeah. And then why did Renault get <laughs> to have two guys on the roof pretending to be the drivers? And then who only had one? Oh, yeah. And then they oh, announced Stoffel didn't Stoffel come Van Dorn and Fernando Alonso. And then just Alonso walks out on his own. There's no sign of Stoffel. I don't Stoffel's think we saw like, him at all oh. until the race started. Stoffel's doing his normal pre-race wank into p- a waffle. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Stoffel waffle. Stoffel wanking into a waffle ruffle. Oh, there's the next New t-shirt. t-shirt. There yeah. you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the Renault drivers, so they got these two weird guys in Stunt Renault out- outfits on the roof. And so they they kind of, them. And then they go back down and like, 
Hulk has got his race outfit. Yeah, he's not even dressed off. the same. It's like, this isn't them. <laughs> they I was have, fooled, They were trying fair. to do like the Bond and the Queen thing that they had at the 2012 oh. Olympic. But why did where Renault like the get it? Why out. Renault? Know, and nobody else. Of it was very teams. weird. Okay. And then it, the only person that seemed to do it properly was Daniel Ricciardo, who came out giving it the woo, yeah. And, and everyone else just looked really embarrassed. Yeah. I think if you're going to do that, You've got to A, get an announcer who does it properly. Mm. I say get Michael's bro- uh, brother, Bruce Buffer, who does the UFC, is much better. What? 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 Uh, I know all about the Buffer brothers. You don't know about the Buffer brothers? I've never heard of the Buffer brothers. Oh. So on. So they've got... The, the, it's two of them. They're brothers. Does their other brother do <laughs> like film announcements? No, he does the UFC. Oh, God. So here's his thing, because Michael Buffer's got, let's get ready to rumble. And he's made $450 million out of copyright in that phrase and his brother Bruce Buffer does the UFC and his is let's get ready to grumble it's time he says what I say that it's time I got on a train from Devon earlier and I said to my wife it's time (laughs) (laughs) and she said let's get ready to rumble and I said oh (laughs) not on the Tall Bay Express love (laughs) you need to send the buffers a check the thing is I think it could work but it's got to it's just got to be better executed it was all very half-hearted you need Murray Walker to be wheeled out Formula 1 is exciting when it's exciting when it's not exciting it's boring and you can't make out it's exciting by going oh here's Lewis Hamilton walking out with big sunglasses doing some better and dance <laughs> and they also didn't do the stare off properly you know they positioned Vettel and Hamilton in front of each other with the trophy I, they I was gonna... like they, pro- they should have done the proper sort of face off where they get up each other's grills and or they should have, they should have brought Timmy Mallet out and gone and it's a word to say Jason Kane you mustn't pause you mustn't hesitate looking to each other look to each other and say blah Carrie Beasley said I absolutely love that mental super awkward driver intro thing there should be a bonus podcast episode just to analyse it well I will say that <laughs> For something that's been trailed heavily, and then they go, this is going to be the new face of 41, etc. For Channel 4 to go, oh, we've had Eddie Jordan talking for 20 minutes. Now we're going to have an ad break. And we come back from the ad break. Oh, and this introduction thing's nearly yeah. over because we've Here's totally two clips from it. I had to go back and watch the uh, the whole thing on uh, on YouTube and, and sort of wish I hadn't. But uh, yeah, they should have at least showed all of it on Channel 4. Poor show. Do you know what really pissed me off, though, was the cheerleaders. Why? What's wrong with cheerleaders, Chica? Because... Formula 1 is a sexist sport. I think we can, we can what, all agree what, that. I, I don't think, think right, anybody's ever... Come on, calm it down. <laughs> and the only women that were on the track were had hot pants on and they had their little pom-poms. And I just thought... See, I think, because uh, I could be wrong, were they not like the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders or something like that? I, I think, I I think I they're, local, they're a local thing. But I think, I take your point, and I think to even it up... Why don't we get all the drivers to wear hot pants? And, Absolutely. And well, we don't know they weren't for a start. Like, I reckon <laughs> Ricardo under his overalls had a pair of hot pants Bet on. Verlein was. But do you know what? I agree with you totally, Chica. This was a damning shame of how backwards Formula 1 is sometimes. And my favourite bit of the whole race was just before it started, it, the helicopter shot zoomed into a lone cow in a field. <laughs> yeah. So what they should have done is had a bunch of cows in hot pants going, <laughs> So in other news, Pierre Gasly missed Austin because he was aiming to win the Japanese Super Formula Series by competing in its final round. How did he do? Well, we'll never know as the race was called off because of a typhoon and some other guy won the title instead. Unlucky Pierre. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> nothing else to say so that meant that Daniel Kvyat the 2016 FF1S driver of the year got a reprieve and another chance to prove himself in America but now he's been dropped again for Mexico as Brendan Hartley will partner Gasly at Toro Rosso for the next race and we expect the rest of the season has that been confirmed yet? confirmed that it's definitely Mexico 
Kvyat out. Yeah. Um, which means highly likely that Verstappen will win the Mexican Grand Prix, <laughs> as we've spotted in the past. I just think for Kvyat, this is getting near the end of the line. It's like, just death by cuts, isn't it's it? like when you're dumped and then you go back to them and they dump yeah. you again yeah. and then you go back to them. Yeah. But she really means it this time. She was drunk <laughs> and she yeah. rang me at three in the morning and yeah. said she wanted to see me. I think we're on. <laughs> Do you think we will ever see Kvyat in a better phone car again? No. Um, I think we'll see him in one of those ones outside supermarkets. What do you put 50p in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he'll be like the grizzled kind of guy in a Russian supermarket going, I used to be a Formula One star here for, for a pound. You can have a picture with me. <laughs> or a ruble. <sighs> I don't think he's going to retain his title for 2017 of FF1S Driver of the Year. You don't think so? <laughs> Maybe I underestimate our listeners. I don't think you're under- voting power. <laughs> half our listeners and half the fact that I rig all the votes. But apart from that, <laughs> speaking of polls, and I'm not talking Cubica, uh, we did a poll at the last after the last race that was all about um, our, your favourite and mine, Jocelyn Palmer, being unceremoniously and, frankly, ceremoniously dumped <laughs> from the Renault team. And we were trying to work out who should be next to face the ire of performance. For one's sake. So we did a vote. A coveted position. We had a poll on the website and we did a vote for who should be the next person to receive our anger. So in third place, um, meaning that we can um, be cold towards them, but polite, Marcus <laughs> Ericsson. Oh, really? Mm. Mm. He's just well, so, he's so anonymous. He can't even get as anyway. can't even get as angry. Who? Uh, yeah. Struggle to find bad things to say. In second place with 20.61% of the votes... Jolian Palmer still. <laughs> <laughs> He's got oh. away with it. We can we can let him rest in We're peace. We're going to run out of content though if it if it was him. Thank to win. you, listeners. So <laughs> thank you. And in first place, Roman Grosjean. Hey. Shut up. Sorry, I say shut up because that's what the Haas team said to him <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> There was a moment when he was like, oh, the team, oh, um, everything, the tyre's really worn. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Don't care. Shut up, Roman, you right. bell end. For the rest of the season from now on? Yep. Until, until he gets dumped unceremoniously, <laughs> or some might say ceremoniously from the team. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. <laughs> So let's see how the teams fared at the US Grand Prix. We'll start with Mercedes. So what we've learned from the US Grand Prix is that Usain Bolt does not give a fuck about Formula One. But we've also learned that Hamilton can be really good even on old tyres and Bottas is always going to be the Raikkonen of Mercedes. What did you think of the now champions, team champions performance? Do you know what? Hamilton's all right, isn't he? He's did well. Um, he's made Bottas look very, very ordinary. Yeah. You know, Bottas is just warming that seat for Ricardo. I think. Yeah. I think that it, both Bottas and Raikkonen, in fact, the Finns' performance generally, have showed how good Fettel and Hamilton are, I think. Because I think before this, we were all saying, Bottas, yeah, no, he's not bad. He's do, doing why? pretty well. Why was, he, why was he all right? And now he's just... Moving. I think he's still I think he's still all right. And I think Raikkonen's still all right. I just think Vettel oh. and Hamilton are I Bottas two was... of the very best. Oh. And now he's... Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. He's, yeah, he's, no. Still, he's, he's still getting, you know, 
B pluses and A's. Yeah. It's just that Hamilton and Vettel are knocking A A stars or whatever. I don't know, they've changed it now, haven't they? Nines. It's numbers now. Yeah. So yeah, so basically they're knocking big or maybe small numbers depending on how it works out of the park. They they are well, really really anymore. good. It's more of a green. But I mean, we've said for ages, haven't we, that Hamilton, Vettel, and Alonso are the best drivers. And Alonso's in a shitty car, so he's got nothing to do with it. But Hamilton and Vettel way better than pretty much everybody else. Ferrari. Now, Ferrari proved that actually, despite everything, they were never going to win this year. But after Bottas succumbed to Vettel, Kimi soon gave way. There was a moment near the end of the race where Vettel was in fourth and I was watching most of the race this morning because I didn't get to watch the end last night and I'd read about the Verstappen penalty and I was like, oh, did Verstappen overtake Vettel and then make Vettel fifth, which would have meant Hamilton won. Then there was a penalty. That would have been a good story. Mm. But no, that didn't happen. But um, (laughs) as soon as Bottas let... Kimi by no no Vettel no Bottas just started going backwards because his tyres Kimi was in second place Vettel was fourth and then when Vettel got past Bottas Mm. Kimi immediately went all right, mate. I've I've I've, I've held the place for you. I've opened the door open. You, like a you, good number two. You don't driver. have to say thanks. It'd just be nice. Thanks, bye. He's basically Baldrick now, isn't he? Because you kind of imagine that Kimi Raikkonen would be a little bit of a kind of. Scary man. No, I think a bit scary if you're on the wrong side of him. I think he'd be a little bit. No, he'd just be grumpy. But things. Did you see that bit when like they they kind of cut over to the, the podium room where they got rid of? They said Verstappen, you're not on the podium, and they pan around and like <laughs> Raikkonen just stood there like a bouncer or like a heavy going. Or right, mate, I think it's time you should go. Mate, right? <laughs> be a shame if something was happened to your fingers, wouldn't it? If you stayed here, eh? Why don't you get the fuck out of here and stop playing with the big boys? Right? <laughs> I mean, Vettel did pretty well, but not well enough. Good, he did good, he had a very good start. In the first two laps, he was amazing. Yeah, yeah, tremendously good start. The way Formula 1 works, you overtake on the start, yeah. that means you've won the race. So the fact that Hamilton could quite easily overtake him yeah. does it really never looked say, in trouble, did it? Yeah, it does look like that you're just going to go in, this is... There was half a lap where Vettel pulled out more than a second over Hamilton. I was like, oh, what's mm. going on? He's going to run away. And then Hamilton came on the radio and was just like, yeah, car feels good, guys, yeah. And I was like, oh, he's not worried have, at all. And then within like a... It's like, no, it's all right. I've given them right. a bit of drama. So now it will be an almond milk latte, almond obviously. Milk. <laughs> but, but the team would know that. They wouldn't have to ask him every time. That's the point of efficiency in Formula 1. So they wouldn't say, say so good. oh, sorry, Lewis, in the last 10 minutes, have you not become a vegan? <laughs> oh, sorry. All right, well, we'll, we'll make a normal milk one. They'd know. Whereas Ferrari just pissing milk everywhere and then firing the cow. <laughs> it's your fault there's milk everywhere. Speaking of cows... Red Bull. Moo. <laughs> Ricardo's Renault didn't do very well and Max was robbed or he cheated. So what happened to Ricardo's car? Went wrong. Just engine failure. Uh, hydraulic. Okay. Some weird shit this weekend. So Max Verstappen has signed to Red Bull for another two years? years. Three years. Three years. Three years. Three years. Yeah. 20. And then after qualifying, there was a weird interview with Raikkonen. Were they, with Raikkonen? No. After the qualifying, there was a weird interview with Ricardo where they said... What do you think about the fact that they gave Verstappen a, the upgraded engine and not to you? And he went, oh, that that's not happened, has it? And they went, no, it has. He went, has it? And they didn't know. Oh. He didn't know that Verstappen Awkward. had the better engine. And then he, But then Ricardo took it very well because he went, well, that's probably why he qualified ahead of me. Uh, in your face. And yeah, oh. but it's weird. But That is weird. Why would you tell weird. him? And why would the journalist know and he wouldn't? Exactly. All Whoa. very odd. Oh, we're going to get some politics. Well, the thing is, they've got another year next year. Verstappen is, I think, slightly weirdly confirmed he's staying. I mean, I guess that means there's no seat at Ferrari. Mm. Vettel has vetoed. Vettel has vetoed Verstappen's seat. 
he may well have done, to be honest. I mean, Vettel is, I think, didn't Vettel say this week that Raikkonen was his favourite ever teammate? Because he just basically yeah, isn't just as good as him. <laughs> yeah, but he's good enough to keep people away from him. The best thing about having Raikkonen as a teammate is I'll always finish ahead of him. And then at the end of the day, when I want to put my feet up, he'll just get on the floor and let me put my feet on his back. What about Ricardo? How's long? And he lets me fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Terry. <laughs> How long is uh, Ricardo at Red Bull for? Uh, just next year, I think. And yeah. so Bottas will keep the seat warm and then Ricardo will go to Mercedes the year after. Yeah. yeah. Oh, about that, that'd be good. That's my prediction. I would okay. like, because I, I do think Ricardo is very good and I would like to see how he f- fares against Hamilton. I don't think he'll be as good not as Hamilton, as good, but I think good. he'll be, I think we could have a sort of but Hamilton Rosberg. Kind of but thing. then a year after, yes. I predict that then the Red Bull will be Max Verstappen as number one driver and good old Danny Kvyat will come back. <laughs> <laughs> the comeback kid. No. The comeback kid. Well, well man. Yeah. Okay. Then. Williams. So Williams are focusing on next year's car as this year's car is just a bit embarrassing. Who will sit next to Stroll next year? Well, it's interesting because there's been a raft of tests this week. Oh, yes. Kubica has been testing. Mm. DiResta has been testing. There's rumours that Pascal Verlein has uh, been back in the nomination for the seat because this whole being 25 thing for Martini sponsorship can actually mean the reserve driver apparently Jocelyn Palmer's still talking to them and uh, even Kvyat was seen apparently talking to Paddy Lowe this weekend which you can imagine was just Paddy Lowe going no (laughs) fuck off mate (laughs) don't ever come near me again you weirdo so what do you reckon I think it will be Verline Mm -hmm. which for obvious personal reasons is my favorite choice but yeah. I think it's going to be a shame if it's not Kubica. I think it should be Kubica. Do you That's... reckon he'll go to Sauber then? Well, Kubica, yeah. I, don't, I don't think Kubica will be back. I think it's over. So who will be in Sauber? Sauber will be Leclerc and Pizzioni. Um, do not think Ericsson, as soon as, as soon as the, he's mates with the company that owns Sauber now? Yeah, but they've got Ferrari bitch money, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still clinging on to hope that, that Kubica will get the same. I really want Kubica to be back. I really, really, really want that more than anything but I don't think it's going to happen. Sauber. Now, they may as well have had the 1952 Ferrari engines in the back, Magnussen thwacked Verline out of the race, and Ericsson fell asleep at the wheel, as he was so bored. But he's won races in every category he's raced in, with one notable exception. Which one's that? So, the announcement for <laughs> Marcus Ericsson by Mickey Duffer was just one of those things where if any of us have ever worked in a PR-facing world where you have to... Make come the up best with some bullshit. And I will relate a story from my stand-up comedy days where I was trying to write a flyer for my first Edinburgh show and a friend of mine was very keen on going, but you played the comedy store. Why don't you say you're a regular at the comedy store? And I said, well, I've played it twice. They were both open spots and once I got booed off. <laughs> but maybe I should. And I didn't put it on because I thought it would be too embarrassing. But I think that's exactly what's happened in the Formula Marketing Department. They've gone, we've got to say something about Ericsson. We can't just say, and his dad owns a lot of companies. <laughs> he has a pretty good stock portfolio. It's Marcus Ericsson. Man with many S's in both of his names. He has won races in every category he's entered, apart from this one. It's Aww. Marcus. <laughs> Shitty son. Anyway, Sarah, whatever. Next, the home team. Hey! Hey, it's our home Grand Prix. That's good. <laughs> How can we impress the fans? How about a terrible one-stop strategy and nearly being overtaken by a Sauber? America? 
This was the best thing about a horse's race. They had uh, all this American razzmatazz. They were the team that should have done everything to go, right, we're going to sandbag, we're going to do whatever we can. And they did the weirdest one-stop strategy where both cars were basically breaking their tyres by the end to the point that Magnussen was backed into the Saubers. And because like we just said, the Saubers are so shit at the minute. They're just there going... It's like it's like a it's like a spider going. I couldn't be bothered with a web. Oh, like a fly's just landed on my lap. Oh, everything's worked out fine. Isn't it? And just bloody and then Grosjean just mo. He had a special helmet. Did you see a special helmet? No. No, I'm not even joking. I'm not even making a rude joke. He had a helmet which had "I'm not moaning" written on it because everyone's talking about him moaning. Us especially. And may I say, new FF1S arbiter of doom. Spent the whole time just fucking... Mu- oh, my tyres are really bad. My tyre... I can see through the tyre. We should probably stop. Let me retire the car. Let me retire the car. And then they just... And then the team told him to shut up. <laughs> On national, international television, the American team, who are there to try and provide some gusto, some American spirit, tell their French freedom-loving cheese monkey driver to <laughs> shut the fuck up. You're embarrassing us, you prick. So not a fan. Force India. Now, Perez wanted Ocon to let him through, but Ocon was managing something. The tyres, fuel, the chain of coffee shops. It was a very weird piece of radio where they're like, please, I've got Sainz coming up me and I need to let him through, let me through. And they're like, he's managing it. He's managing the situation. They're like, what's he managing? I don't know, but he was doing it well because like, within the lap of, of Perez saying that, Ocon was about second and a half down the road and Sainz overtook Perez. So I don't well, know what fact, Perez thought he could I do. They said it in a he's superior to like... He's managing this. Mate. He's managing you're not. to be better than you. Exactly. It was amazing, yeah, because you're totally right. So, so Sainz overtook him, and you're just like, well, actually, maybe Forcing you're fucked up now, and Sainz is going to overtake Ocon. Oh, oh, no, he's not, because actually Ocon's a better driver, and <laughs> Perez is shit. Bit of a whinger. How did Perez do in the in the part of the Paul Palmer poll? Just out of curiosity. He got seven percent. Yeah, I think yeah. Again, I think I think we can a uh, little bit sniffy to him. He's um, stay professional on the same but. level as Kvyat actually. Renault. Now Palmer would have definitely finished in sixth, and Sainz just got lucky. Though did he make the Hulk seem quite ordinary? Sainz was amazing. He was. Sainz that was his was first fantastic. try in that car. I think I think it's proved if it's if it's proved nothing else is that Palmer was just unlucky to have a car <laughs> that wasn't worthy of his talents. Uh, Apart from <laughs> when Sainz got in it and did really well. On Facebook about this, Richard Stevenson did say to us, Justin's car seems to be going much quicker. It must have been literally cacked itself at the speed it's now travelling. <laughs> just the idea that the same car is going, I'm really used to a nice casual drive on a Sunday. We get to stop off early, we get a roast dinner. Me and Justin go down the pub together and he kind of says, it's not my fault, I'm rubbish. And then this other guy gets in, this Spaniard, trying to just gets in and just drives it really quickly. Wanker. Toro Rosso. Now, the rules of musical chairs are that when the music stops, whoever is sitting in the car gets to drive. I mean, Brendan Hartley did pretty averagely. In fairness, he had not driven the car at all until yeah, that weekend. Yeah, Carlos Sainz hadn't driven the Renault at yeah, all. Yeah, but he'd he driven a well. lot of it. He hadn't driven a single seater in about six years. Yeah, but... He hadn't driven... He, he had won three races this year around the Circuit of America. No, he, he is a good driver. How and old I think is he? 27. So if you mm. don't remember Brendan Hartley, he was around. He was a Red Bull young driver about ooh, 
eight years ago, seven, eight years ago, something like that. And he was being talked about as one of, you know, what potentially replacing, oh God, I can't remember, it was Buemi or somebody like that. He one was of one, of the, one of them, you know, Red Bull Academy drivers, but he wasn't good enough at the time he got dumped. Now he's, he's, a, he's a man. <laughs> and, um, and he's been doing very, he's been driving Mark Well, he Weber. won Le Mans this year. Yeah, he's done very well. He's, he's a very decent driver. When you look at the result, you go, well, that wasn't very good. But then when you look at him, compared to Kvyat, who's had how many seasons of being reasonable at some points, he's had a podium. He was only a couple of tenths behind him. On the first time he's driven the car, he'd never driven an F1 car or that F1 car, never driven, not experienced that kind of tyres, not experienced the car on full fuel load and the way it changes and stuff. I thought he did pretty well. It is a funny thing, because this year we've had a very unusual year in that we've had Duresta coming back into a Formula 1 car for the first time in ages and he finished last and everyone goes, oh, he did well, didn't he? And then we've had <laughs> Brendan Hartley who's never driven a Formula 1 car in a race. Weird button come back after a while. Yeah, and gone, he's done well, isn't he? We've had Button who makes Pascal Verlein on his side go, oh, he's doing a run. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, the truth is, Formula 1 cars are really hard to drive yes. and it's not easy just to jump in. But is that... A- I never thought I'd hear you say that. I mean, obviously, if I did it. Yeah. <laughs> he got it to the end of the race. And there's a lot of drivers who come in in their first race and not got it to the end no, of the race. No, I mean, he did fine. It's just, he didn't I just think, is, crash. is this a good thing? Is it, I think it's a bit of a gamble. Is it a good thing that a Formula 1 car is so hard to drive that a good driver yes. can't shine no, it should be. on a first race? It should be. Because you remember, that was the criticism when Verstappen came in and started being good. Everyone's like, oh, the cars are too easy. You should. It should be, a, it should be like the ultimate machine that you have to tame when you're at the peak of your game i think they should be really hard to drive okay and i think i don't think there's any doubting that brendan hartley is a is at the very worst a pretty handy driver and the fact that he's come in and he's he's not managed to knock it out of the park straight away i think is a very good thing because then on the very rare occasions when that something like that does happen it shows just how good max verstappen is or lewis hamilton when he came in and all this kind of stuff fair enough so the mexican grand prix is going to have two Rosa drivers who have zero points this is true but You've got to remember the point of Toro Rosso is they don't expect to ever get to a position where they win. They are they are the the, the Red Bull bitch team. Uh, they are the one to bring in the, the That's new, why they keep the bringing Kvyat back. <laughs> exactly. And if you're Toro Rosso now, how many chances has Kvyat had? What's the point in keeping him now? I know, but the thing is, Red Bull had this huge depth of the Young Driver Academy. And Helmut Marko has just been allowed to kick every single person out of it. He's gone, you, no, <laughs> out, you're done, I'm tired of you, I can't see you with my peripheral vision, you're fired. Well, that's um, always been the case though, hasn't it? Like, if, if they're not immediately world champion material. Most, but who's the most famous, bestest, Fettel. current driver for Red Bull? Max Verstappen, who was not part well, they've of the had, they've had a four-time world champion. Yeah, but he... They've yeah, got but, Verstappen. Uh, no, no, they've got Ricardo. Wrong. You are wrong on these notes. One... Vettel was not a young Red Bull driver. He was a Mercedes. He was a BMW for Sauber, and then Red Bull poached him. He was never in the Young Driver Academy. But they ever. brought him. But they brought him into Toro Rosso as somebody they thought could promote. Yeah, but he wasn't a Red, Red Bull, Bull driver. Verstappen was not a young Red Bull driver. He was. He was put in at the Young Red Bull thing at the very last minute to go. Oh, look, let's have him. Let's say he officially He's was one. Pretty young. And he, he wasn't he a young won, Red Bull driver. He won some stuff before he got to F1. Yeah, but he was with he was tied down to Mercedes before, and then there was a, there was a whole load of back and forth. For listeners right now, Phil is looking up what I've said as though that I am not a reliable. No, I'm not doubting it. I just didn't know it. And finally, McLaren, keen to recreate his Indy 500 glory, Alonso wore the same helmet, was running in seventh, and then his Honda died. Stofferoffel was basically nowhere. Right from the announcements at the start, where Stofferoffel just didn't show up. He also <laughs> didn't show up for the fucking race. <laughs> And Alonso was doing all his, oh, I'm sixth, I'm seventh. And then when he had to retire, going, oh, that was a glorious thing. We would have done really well, blah, 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 blah. You haven't done 
very well this season. I know. Come on, mate. Stop it. We, none of us care. I fact-checked it. Okay, what was the fact-check on Verstappen? Thank you, Phil. You were right. Thank you. <gasps> I never thought I'd hear that. I've learned something today. And now it's time for the standings with Terry Saunders. Well, after the American Grand Prix announcements, I thought, what would happen if they asked Terry Saunders to write the announcements for all the drivers? So, in championship order, here are the drivers for this year's Formula One World Championship. In first place, it's the Snapchat from Stevenage. In second place, he's fucked it all this year and he's from... uh, oh. Hockenheim. That's the same as the main guy. (laughs) They call him the seat warmer. It's Valtteri Bottas. In fourth place, he drinks from a shoe. It's Daniel. Why are you retching, Ricardo? (laughs) Fifth place, his parents used up all the syllables naming him, so he only speaks in single ones. It's Kimi Raikkonen. In sixth place, Mika Salo hates him. His daddy rates him. It's the racing man from Rotterdam. It's Max Verstappen. He's not actually from Rotterdam, but it's America. Fuck it. He's from Mexico, so half of you hate him. It's Sergio the Wall Perez. In eighth place, it's the freedom eating cheese monkey. It's Roman Grosjean. He has killed and vanquished his father, so the junior is redundant. It's Carlos the Jackal signs. <laughs> what, the Jackal's taken? Oh. His first race was in 322 BC. It's the sad pensioner from Sao Paulo. It's Felipe Mazza. <laughs> in 11th place, whenever the car gives up, it makes him angry, and then he gets so big he can't get out of it. It's actually quite awkward. It's the Credible Hulk. <laughs> I've been paid not to rhyme stroll with droll. It's Lance Troll. <laughs> 13th, he's French but drives for an American team, so we are ambivalent. It's Roman Brequo Grosjean. Oh, actually, that means the other French one was Ocon. Okay, good, good. Next. 14th, he drives for Haas and everyone thinks he's a hole. It's Kevin, no one speaks to me anymore, Magnuson. In 15th place, we're rolling on the floor laughing at Honda with Stoffel the Ruffle Van Dorn. <laughs> In 16th, we took him into our hearts at Indy and now he looks shit and we can't remember what the fuss was about. It's Fernando fucks up McLaren time and time again, Alonso! And in 17th, it's the horse fucker from Horsham. The first woman in F1, it's Jocelyn the Pillock Palmer. Where is he? He's not coming out. Why is he not coming out? He's you been can't fired. Use woman as an insult. I didn't use woman as an insult. I was making out that the American announcer would see the name Jocelyn and presume he's a woman. Right. In 18th place, fuck, he's fit. It's Verline. <laughs> and in 19th, we're actually calling him a torpedo. That's the name we should use behind his back, but we're actually doing it on national television. It's Daniel Kvyat. So you've been employed. <laughs> It's time for the Chica Quiz. So this week's quiz is called... Homes under the Hamilton. <laughs> Is this about how many homes Hamilton owns? Basically, yes. Yes. Sounds like some sort of erotic porn with Sherlock Holmes. Now, can we somehow. just say in the last? Yeah. So, what's the what's the running score? Because Phil has won the last two quizzes. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, so I've got all to play for. Yeah. Just just putting the jeopardy out there. Okay, so question one: Where in the UK? Terry. No, Steve no, <laughs> you have to wait. Like, okay, till sorry. I look up. Was Lewis Hamilton born? Phil. Terry. Oh, you're first, good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's Phil? good reactions. Well, we used to call it St. Evanage. 
because I live nearby. Uh, uh, it's, it's actually Stevenage. Stevenage. I'm going to have to accept Tony's answer there. That it's is still the same name. Shut up. One nil. Okay, question two of Homes Under the Hamilton. This is how Kimmy Rockland feels. Where does Lewis Hamilton live now? Terry. Yes, Terry. London. Phil. Colorado. Terry. Los Angeles. Well, actually, both of you are wrong because according to The Sun, he lives in Monte Carlo. Well, he lives there as well. To be honest, Phil, um, we should, every full one time lives in Monte Carlo. Exactly. That's the obvious answer. Number three, which other cities does Hamilton own property? Terry. Phil. Colorado. Terry. Yeah. <laughs> London. There's points this in this, yeah. Los Angeles. Motherfucker. I, I don't know about that one. Yeah, I'm just making it up. Uh, okay. New York. <laughs> you can't have that. Sydney. Yeah. Berlin. Stevenage. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. No. Are you answering? I mean, you've, I'm answering. You've Stevenage. got them all. Sydney, London, New York, Colorado. Question four. What's the combined worth of Hamilton's properties? Terry. Uh, that was me, I think. Terry. 444 million, because that's his driver number. Phil, do you want to? 100 million. Phil, you are closer, but not that close at all. His, uh, According to The Sun, uh, the combined worth of his properties are 34 million pounds. Is that all? Yeah, I know. That's not good, is it? Finally, question five. Where does Hamilton say... He dreams of raising his kids. Phil. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Phil? America. That was, that was in, Phil. in Phil. No, America. in Phil, my answer. America. But where in America? Colorado. Colorado. Oh. Yes, Harry won for the first time ever. In your face, Phil Verstappen. I don't want to seem like a bad loser, but that was utter horseshit. You <laughs> overtook the oh, corner. The, no, the quiz was fine. Thank you. The execution of the rules, less so. And that, my friend, is Formula One. It is now time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Thank you very much, Chica, the cheetah from Chippenham. Please move. (laughs) (laughs) This weekend showed us the modernity of Liberty Media, butting up against the Jurassic Age of Bernie with a spectacular American spectacle. With Bobby Duffer doing boxing-style announcements, confetti and eagles everywhere. It showed how F1 is open for business, with arms and legs wide, as it wants as many people as possible to climb inside. (laughs) Then the race ended on a penalty that no one guessed made a mockery of the podium celebration and led thousands of people to question why they allowed to go over the lines most of the time, if not all of them. Let me reaffirm, Verstappen is a dirty cheat who gained an unfair advantage. But is it his fault, or is he the symptom of a broken age of F1 design? I watched with a friend who is not a Formula 1 fan, and for most of the race in the quality, she questioned quite why they're sliding all over the not very subtle lines onto the ridiculous Stars and Stripes runoff areas. <laughs> Though, as an aside, I do want more flag-themed runoffs at other tracks, if not just to have those balls that moan when the Union Jack is upside down. <laughs> oh, God, did you realise that? She's... It's actually the Union flag, if it's not. Um... It's... All right, everything on Silverstone should be the Blue Peter flag and fuck off. <laughs> They but can't afford to license it. But basically, it's quite simple. If you give the drivers runoff, they will run off. But don't worry, I have a solution. Gravel. It's not high tech and it's dirt cheap at home base, but let's bring back gravel. Or, if you don't want to have gravel because it's too old-fashioned, how about bunkers or water features, crocodiles, massive spikes, electrified fences, or my own personal favourite, gunge. I've always said that F1 should be more like the funhouse with Pat Sharp. So now here's your chance. Yes, it might be dangerous, but if going right ends your race, you won't go wide. If there was a grizzly bear with a shotgun on that bend, Max wouldn't have cheated. F1 will act slowly on this. So if you're going to one of the remaining races this season, do a great escape and have some gravel in your trousers. Wander onto the track between sessions and whistle as you dump your load on the runoff areas. Simple. 
seriously, gravel has to come back. These runoff Herman Tilke tracks are stupid. Well, they ditched it in the first place, didn't they? Because people kept digging in and flipping over like Martin well, Brundle did years ago. That's exciting. Yeah, that's true. The yeah. cars are they've safer got, now. They've got. A, Do you reckon they're probably safe enough to cope with the flip? They've over? got a halo next year. They yeah. can cope with uh, a bloody bit of gravel. That's true. They should. Yeah. Now that they're safe enough, we or can bring back. Gunge the flips. is safe. Gunge is very safe. Why not just? And, okay. So how about a compromise and we have Gunge cannons? So that it like auto tracks it whenever it goes off. It's like um, that thing at Wimbledon where it knows if the ball's in or out. Or even better, whenever it goes off, there's just an explosion of gunge in the driver's <laughs> helmet. <laughs> and they can't see. So that's it from us. It is goodbye to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about actually the whole thing that made this weekend different, which was the pink breast cancer awareness campaign, which weirdly wasn't really actually mentioned on the TV coverage that much and it was just like weird why everything's pink and we've not mentioned it apart from saying a hashtag driver for the cure which sounds like an eel song and to Phil Tromans we have not had time to talk about the British Racing Drivers Club the BRDC who if you remember a few episodes ago we don't like probably I can't remember we probably don't like him anyway Derek Warwick has stepped down as the president remember there was some controversy about something I don't know anyway he's gone and Paddy Hopkirk the uh the rally guy is in as the president. We've also not had time to talk about the streaming service that isn't happening. Thanks, bye. We'll be back in a week's time to discuss the Mexican Grand Prix. But in the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. And if you want to buy anything at all ever, you should go to Amazon, probably. Yeah. But if you want to buy a t-shirt that's got our logo on... Specifically FF1S stuff. Then definitely go to ff1s.com forward slash shop, 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 shop. No. Oh, you're going to have to make so no, many No, I think we made pages. a shop, 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 shop. I think I took off shop, shop. And now there's only shop, 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 or shop, 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 shop. Okay. It's important to be accessible to your customer base. <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening. We will see you in a week. Bye, Chica. Goodbye. Bye, Chica. Goodbye, everyone. Podcast Network.